Hello and welcome to Culture in Between, a podcast all about exploring the unique experiences of people who grew up in a culture outside of their parents' culture. We're your hosts, Alyssa and Brianna, and today we have Tammy, who grew up with Korean parents. Thank you, Tammy, so much for joining us. We're really uh, excited to get to interview you today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I've never been on a podcast, so this is so exciting <laughs> for me. <laughs> Yeah, well, we've never hosted a podcast, yeah, so, so it's the first time for all of us. Yeah. Um, so, Tammy, can you give us a little brief introduction to yourself? Yeah, so um, I'm out here in the Seattle area. This is where I grew up. Uh, my parents immigrated here in the early 90s. They came when my brother was a baby and just lived here my whole life. But Brianna in, in college out in Baltimore. Yeah, as Tammy and I met, we were both studying vocal performance at a music conservatory in Baltimore. Um, very, very exciting. So Tammy, can you tell us where exactly in South Korea your parents are from? Yeah, they're from the South in a city called Busan, which is like the biggest city in the South, known as kind of like, known for like seafood and being on the coast. I love it there. Yeah, I've heard about it a little bit. There's like, a, I think there's like a movie or something called like train to busan or yeah. something yeah it's, and like yeah, that's like a zombie apocalypse. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we don't have to, <laughs> it's i know it's really not good like, though i really like that i've movie. heard a lot about it yeah and then um and i've just seen like yeah pictures of it and uh yeah that it's that's really nice so awesome so how how like often do you get to go over there or have you been i guess yeah i've been like a good number of times throughout my life um so i was born here and then like, it's kind of like every few years that I would go, and sometimes I would go alone or with my brother. I have an older brother, because it's just so expensive to go all together, the four of us. So yeah, sometimes our parents would just send us, the two of us, and we'd just go hang out with our family for like a couple weeks over the summer. Uh, but more recently, really just coincidentally, I've been the past three years in a row just for like family stuff. And then like this year, my brother got married there. He's been living there for the past two and a half years. And he met his now wife, my sister-in-law, there through some friends. And then, yeah, he had his wedding there. So I've been a good number of times. So I don't really know my way around too well. But, you know, nowadays with technology, maps and yeah. stuff, it's pretty easy. And then I sometimes, you know, ask family to drive me around places or take me places. Um, yeah. yeah. What's the flight like from Seattle? How how like long of or I guess what's yeah, what what do you typically have to do to get there? It's pretty long. So there are, at least from Seattle and like the West Coast, um mostly Seattle and LA, there are direct flights out to Korea and it's typically about 10 hours. I kind of see it as more of like a red eye where basically I just like get on and I try to sleep for yeah. as long as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's really hard in economy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. So yep. True. I I'm swear like, they're making those seats smaller. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I'm like, where do I? There's no place for me to put my feet. Like, I'm not yes. a small child anymore. So it's yeah. So and you and me are like very average sized people. I feel like, and like, I just can't imagine because like my husband's like six two, and he's always oh. like, I'm so scrunched. I'm like, I'm like five five, very average height, and I feel scrunched. I don't imagine how very tall people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It. I'm five four, so I'm like, I'm okay. like a pretty like small person and this is already so uncomfortable for me yeah yeah so could you tell us what family you have out there so basically my entire family is out in korea oh, wow. my okay. parents are actually like the only ones who immigrated elsewhere 
Um, we do have extended family in the States. So like great aunts and uncles and then like my parents' cousins. We have some family like here in Washington and then a good number of my mom's side of the extended family lives um, in Colorado. Um, but yeah, everyone else lives in Korea. So all of my sort of like direct aunts and uncles, like my parents' siblings, and then my direct cousins. What are those, second cousins? I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they all live in Korea. And then my grandparents as well. So, oh, yeah. wow. wow, that's like the opposite of us. Because yeah, like where most of our family migrated yes. over to the States. And, and there's very few people still in Jamaica. So is it is there something about the Seattle area that your parents liked? Or did they have family there? prior to migrating that like made them want to go there or is it just I don't know just because yeah, I know for our parents it, like Miami was uh, very close, like, to yeah, Jamaica. close to Jamaica yeah um, right. just, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah if I remember correctly so my dad was working at Samsung in Korea at the time and then I guess the company was like we'll pay for you to like go to grad school if you want back then they did those things <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, that was nice <laughs> bring that and back. so <laughs> my dad had applied to like different schools I think particularly like in I think it was like Sweden and then maybe (laughs) Maryland and then here and then I don't know the exact reasons but he ended up going to school in Washington State but we're actually out in eastern Washington it's like six hours away from here and so I was born out there it's like the boonies it's literally like farmland (laughs) and then there's like this one college it's Washington State it's like it's like wheat fields and whatnot. Yeah, um, yeah. And then we actually moved back to Korea for like a year when oh, I was wow. in Korea. Because oh my once once my dad had to finish school, he had to go back to Samsung. He was there for like a year working there. He hated it. He was actually so stressed that he experienced like partial facial paralysis. Mm, wow. I've heard of that. Yeah. And so, and I, I mean, I only recently found out about that maybe like a few years ago. And so he was like, I hate working here. Let's go back to America, basically. And, and I had no say. So I was like, okay, here we go. And then at that time, my dad, one of his cousins or like some of his cousins were living like in the Seattle area. So that's, mm-hmm. I think that's why we ended up moving okay. specifically to Seattle. But like we could have ended up in Sweden Oh my god! I was like, that would have been pretty cool. Swedish Tammy, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, but then I would have probably never met Brianna. But um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but okay, so what they also be? like might have moved to Maryland. So it's just hmm. funny how like life works that way. Yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah. So when you were living, uh, when you were there for a year after you had, your dad had to go back to Samsung, you sound like you, you were pretty little, right? Like you don't really yeah. remember that. I was like a year old, so I really oh, okay, have like yeah. no recollection. <laughs> recollection. Yeah, I just have like photos. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Back to like current, like, so you live and you grew up in Seattle. Uh Is there like a Korean community in Seattle or a big Asian community there? There definitely is. Um, I never really struggled with like not having other Asian friends growing up. Um, I definitely was, I mean, still to this day, a lot of the friends I grew up with that I'm so close to, like a lot of them are Asian American. And there's a big... Uh, I would say, but also, like, of course, Asia is a big continent. So, right. <laughs> like, mostly here, it's a lot of, like, East Asian folks. So, a lot of Korean people, Chinese, some Japanese. But there are certainly, you know, there's certainly uh, 
Filipino people, Vietnamese people, but I would say there's a large East Asian community. So I grew up in the Catholic church. Mm -hmm. And so we went to like a Korean Catholic church for a while. But yeah, there's, there's a good amount of Korean people here, but kind of dispersed here and there. Um, Like where I live. So I live in a suburb. I grew up in a suburb called Bellevue. And then the larger Korean communities exist sort of, like geographically, like farther up north and farther south. Mm. Okay. Um, so there's kind of like where the bigger Korean communities are. But yeah, I still grew up with uh, like Korean friends. I would say my closer friends are probably like Chinese and Japanese. But that mm. wasn't like on purpose yeah. or anything. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. To be that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just curious, do you actually speak Korean? Like can you speak language? Nice. Yeah. So you're fluent. Awesome. And can you talk about how you learned? Like did you learn like just from your parents talking to you? Or like I read a book called crying in hmr i don't know if you've heard of it it was yeah yeah i I read it yeah okay yeah yeah. so like i learned a lot about korean culture from that book (laughs) yeah definitely um, and her her mom sent her to like korean school (laughs) to like learn korean um i don't know so how did you learn korean i also went to korean school but only for a couple years as a child um i think it was like first and second grade it's like every friday night from like seven to nine or something like that (laughs) um so that's where I learned to really read and write. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why my reading and writing level has been stuck at like elementary school level. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Like I can read, but very slowly. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, everyone be quiet. I need to read this. I need to focus. <laughs> and then like my handwriting is like just terrible. And then... <laughs> like nowadays I've I've actually been sort of unstructured learning for myself of just like yeah. trying to read and write a little bit more here and there and just like being more conscious of it. But yeah, speaking wise, so when I was really young, starting at around like 10 years old, my dad actually went back to school. So we like didn't have an income and my parents were like, how are we going to live? And so yeah. Yeah. um we actually started hosting Korean students at our house. Oh, wow. So oftentimes kids in like middle school and high school would come for like a year and they'd do school here to like properly learn English. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But like obviously those kids needed a place to stay. So they would stay at our house. And I think a lot of my Korean developed when those kids were living living with us and I was interacting with them regularly. At least that's what my parents say. My mom will always say, like, that's where your Korean really started to develop. Like, before then, mm-hmm. my mom said that I would, like, stutter a lot. And I, like, mm-hmm. didn't have a very expansive vocabulary. But, yeah, and then as I've gotten older, it's just, like... Well, also at home, we mostly speak Korean. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. We don't really speak any English. Nowadays, for me, it's just, like, watching Korean dramas. and Yeah. Um, I, I still teach voice lessons, and so... A lot of my students are actually Korean, so I'll oh. communicate with the parents like in Korean too. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, so how do you feel that has like affected your relationship with the culture? Has I mean, obviously knowing the culture, knowing the language, um, has probably made you feel even more close to your parents' culture. Yeah. How does that? You know, how do you feel about that relationship between knowing the language and how close you are with the culture? Yeah, I think. I think it's so valuable. I sometimes feel a lot of just sort of like heartbreak when I when I see other, especially other Korean Americans who really don't know the language, because mm-hmm. I feel like you're missing out on so much. 
mm-hmm. right? With language, there are just like so many nuances. Yeah. And like seeing like English translations for Korean, sometimes I'm like, I really don't think that this is what this means. But it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like there's, there are words or phrases that you just kind of can't right. translate, right? So when I see people who don't really know Korean, I'm like, you're missing out on so much. There's like just like certain words that you can't convey in English. But also like one of the biggest things for me is like, you're kind of missing out on like the fun stuff too, like the humor um, and yeah. that kind of thing. And then I think for me specifically, like just being able to communicate with like my grandparents and my right. aunts and uncles and cousins, like I think the reason why I feel closer to them and I feel like even though there is like so much physical distance between us, I still feel a closeness to them. It's because I can speak the language like, you know, yeah. we can call each other and I don't have to like have my parents translate for us yeah. or anything like that. You no, know, I can literally just converse with my grandpa. Just the two of us. It's so valuable in communicating with your family, but also just like being able to immerse yourself in the culture more. Say you do want to like learn more, then you have the ability to like read books or watch movies and documentaries and TV shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Language definitely like ties people together. Like there's this particular uh YouTuber I watch. He goes by like Xiaoma NYC. He it's he speaks uh Chinese. So uh, like a white guy that speaks like Chinese. Jewish or something. Yeah, oh, I think he is. Wait, yes, yes he, I think I know who you're who you're He has like five about. million subscribers. He has a bunch of followers. Yeah. Okay, yeah. He's and he just goes on the streets of New York and like pretends like he doesn't know how to speak Chinese and then will just bust out in like fluent Chinese. Yeah. And, like it's amazing when you like the reactions when he starts talking to people and and they like are like oh he knows our language like you can just tell there like this instant tie so like definitely like right. watching his videos it seemed like being able to connect with somebody uh, in their native tongue is so powerful. Yeah, and like what you said too about a lot of the translations not being completely correct. Like I remember yeah. when Squid Game came out, I didn't see it because oh, I'm yeah. too. I'm too scared, but it I is remember when, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but when Squid Game came came out, I remember seeing all these things of people being like, "The translations are all wrong." Like you're yeah. not like the people who watch it with the English subtitles like aren't getting the proper like meaning. And so yeah, I feel like there, there was even like a big viral video I think some lady made about how like oh I think I remember she that. pointed yeah. out yeah like specific examples of how it was wrong. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's so true. Language is so important. With yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the hardest things about translations is that you essentially miss out on, like, cultural context. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right? It's, like, there are certain things that just don't translate at all um, to other cultures. And that's the hardest part. But it's, like, I mean, with modern-day technology, like, you know, we have the ability to, like, translate and whatnot. And that's, I think that's just kind of, like, a natural limitation that, like, you can't overcome unless you, like, actively really try and understand that culture or, like, are from that culture. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we've touched on on language and all of that, but what are uh, some other aspects of Korean culture that your parents really made sure to try and pass down to you and your brother growing up? I feel like my parents were never very strict about that kind of thing. Oh. Like they, so in Korean, like a lot of other Asian languages, there's like a formal version and then an informal version. So, like, the formal version you'll use with adults and then also, like, strangers and other people that you don't really know well. And so my parents were never strict on having my brother and I use, like, formal language. Um, Some parents are about that kind of thing. 
but we always spoke very like informally and like colloquially around the house. They really never, yeah. I feel like sometimes they're just so casual and they kind of like didn't even care. But then sometimes, and then 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 they'll kind of get mad about like, why don't you like know this thing or like, why are you ignorant about this thing? And it's like that's not my fault. You moved us here. Yeah, I didn't have a choice in that. But yeah, generally they they really never like imposed any like strict. Oh, you need to know X, Y, and Z, um, or you have to like practice this thing. Even with like holidays, they'd just be like. Hmm. It's this thing today. Call your grandpa. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, sure. You know? That's so, so funny. yeah. In our house, it was, like, very very casual. Um, okay. But, like, for me personally now, as an adult, I feel like I'm trying to be more intentional about those kinds of things. And, like, yeah. um, learning more about, like, significant holidays. Um, awesome. So, yeah. was, so you, your parents were pretty casual about cultural things, but... Obviously, you know, we've heard and seen so many videos of people kind of talking about Asian parents and um, finding the humor in how strict they were mm-hmm. about school and making sure you got straight A's. And I feel like there's kind of this this stereotype that all Asians are really smart because they study really hard because their parents right. are hard on them about it. So were your parents kind of strict about your grades and, and doing well in school? To a certain extent, Yeah. So I would say my parents are also like the like more on the educated side of their generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my parents both have master's degrees. Uh, my dad has multiple. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. And so education has definitely been something that they've always valued. But I think also like my brother and I did well in school and... I think we were both like ambitious in our own ways that we kind of like took care of that ourselves. And so my mom will often say like, I never really had to like worry about you and your brother when you were younger in terms of like school and grades. But like (laughs) my mom will also be like, my one dream is for one of my children to go to Harvard. And I'm like, mom, I don't think that dream is going to come true. You might have to wait for grandchildren or you might just, you might just have to let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly if we ever got like bad grades or like did kind of poorly in school for like a brief moment, then they'd be like, you know, what's going on? Right. Like, yeah. do you need tutoring or like, I'm going to take your, phone away you know right yeah but yeah they're like in some ways they were very strict and in other ways they weren't like one way I would describe my dad is more like he kind of didn't really care about what we did he preferred that we would do things that we enjoyed but if you are gonna do this thing like do it well right it's like you can't mm-hmm. do poorly at this thing mm-hmm. regardless of mm-hmm. what it is so it's that kind of like kind of strict but also not yeah and as I mentioned before, Tambi and I both studied vocal performance and we're basically training to be opera singers at, mm-hmm. in, at this music conservatory in Baltimore. Um, and generally, a lot of times, like, if you're not studying something that's putting you on a path towards becoming, like, a doctor, a lawyer, or, like, an engineer of some sort, a lot of times, not even just Asian parents, immigrant parents in general right. are not super supportive of it. I mean, like, my parent, my mom in particular 
was not always super supportive. Of, I mean, she was mm-hmm. she was cool with it when I was doing it in high school and middle school and stuff. Right. But then when I started to study in college, she was like, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, were your parents supportive of you pursuing music? They were, actually. Um, so my mom is also a musician. So mm. she did her undergrad and master's in music. And then, like I said about my dad earlier, he's like, I don't really care what you guys do. Like, he definitely... He was really actually really hard on my brother about going to med school. That was one thing that he really pushed on my brother. And at first my brother was like, okay, maybe. And then once he kind of started like going down that route, he was like, okay, I actually really don't want to do this. (laughs) And even to this day, sometimes my dad is like, if only he had gone to med school and become a doctor. I'll be like, dad, that was, my brother's in like his mid thirties now. I'm like, dad, please stop. Um... But yeah, they were definitely very supportive. Though, I recently learned, like, a year ago, that my mom was like, I wanted you to become a good singer and then to just meet a rich man. I was like, what? I was like, what? You weren't rooting for my success. You were rooting for a certain amount of success that would lead me to oh my God. a rich man. But my dad was like, oh, I wanted you to become... Right, as I said earlier, my dad's like, I don't care what you do, but do it well. My dad was like, I, want, I wanted you to become, like a top opera singer. Right. I wanted you yeah. to become like Denise Graves level. Right. Yeah. Internationally performing singer. I was like, well, that's hard. Yeah. That is. <laughs> I mean, we all want, I'm sure you want that for yourself too. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's hard. That is hard. Yes. I didn't, I didn't know about Denise, like until Brianna started studying the Peabody. Right. And like, I was like, oh, okay. Like I was thinking, I don't know, like, okay, opera singer, cool. But she was like, no, she's, like, legit. And I, I was like, oh, wow, she has, like, a Wikipedia page yeah. and, like, has been on Sesame Street and everything. Right. Yeah, I was like, yeah. wow, she's, like... <laughs> That's how you know it's real, when someone yeah. has a Wikipedia yeah. page. And not even... And I was, like, I was saying earlier to Alyssa, like, I was, like, not even a short Wikipedia page. It's, like, a pretty yeah. wide Wikipedia <laughs> page. Pretty, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty... It has a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. So, yeah, she's a big... She's a big deal. Okay, but going back <laughs> to... <laughs> conversation so obviously a big thing now is korean culture has just blown up like (laughs) it is having a moment i think it's called hallyu actually there's like a term for it of like the the korean wave right now so people are obsessed with korean music tv shows skincare even as a korean american what are your thoughts on that like are you proud of it is there some feeling of like like, this is, like, a, some weird fad. Like, how do you feel about this, like, new obsession that's kind of taken over the world, really? Yeah, it's wild to see truly the whole world, like, so immersed in this. I, I've seen, like, people out in Europe who are, like, fully obsessed with, like, Korean culture. Like, people in, like, Turkey and Germany. And I'm like, whoa, like, that's that's just so wild. It's really interesting for me, for sure. In some ways, it's definitely really cool even my friends who aren't Korean are like, oh, have you seen this Korean drama? And I'm like, I haven't. <laughs> but I'm glad you haven't enjoyed it. That's cool. Maybe I'll go watch it now too. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like, again, it lo- you lose a lot of cultural context. For example, in Squid Game, um, I know, Brianna, you said you didn't watch it, but maybe, <laughs> you, maybe you know of like, there's like this one part in the show where it, it's like a sugar candy. And yeah. then you have to like, yeah, you have to like poke out the the image so that candy kind of blew up after the show 
But like the cultural context behind that candy is that like it was really popular. I know for sure when when we were children, you know, in the like late nineties and like early two thousands, you could like go buy it like on the street. Obviously, I didn't live in Korea at that age, so my mom would like sometimes make it for us at home. We had like there's like a little kit. There's like a really tiny little like pot, and you like pour the sugar into it. And I was like, it was so fun. Yeah, um, and obviously it's like a clump of sugar. It's delicious to like yeah. a child. But nowadays, it's lost a lot of its popularity, and the only people who really sell it are like very elderly women who are poor, and that's kind of their job. They're like on the streets selling these candies for like a dollar a piece. Like it's it's really weird to me. There's like this dissonance of like random people on like TikTok who are like, oh, like I'm making the candy from Squid Game. But I'm like, you don't understand that nowadays it's just old poor women who are selling these to just survive mm-hmm. for however possible, however long as possible. So I think that's the hardest thing for me. I just care so much about everything in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I really wish that there was sort of more of that. Whereas, like, it's just, like, oh, following fads and trends. Like, oh, this is fun. Like, this is enjoyable. But it's, like, that is just, like, the tip of the iceberg of Korean mm-hmm. culture, right? There's so much more that people don't know. Right. Because it's not the popular stuff. Like, another example is, I don't know if y'all have heard of this person. Ollie London, I think, is their name. Yeah, um, I've heard of him. Yeah, this British person who's, like, I am transcultural. Yeah, I identify as Korean, but they're white. Like, yes, <laughs> straight up British, white, and they're like, I'm transcultural, and they got like I don't even know how many, but like a ton of plastic surgery mm-hmm. to look like a specific BTS member. Oh wow! Yeah, but I mean, to be real, they look nothing like him, but <laughs> they've gotten like so much plastic surgery because of like this weird obsession of like, oh, I'm Korean. But, like, that got me angry because I was like, first of all, you can't do that. No one can do that. That's not a thing, right? But second of all, I was like, when I look back at, like, my family history, my grandpa served in the Korean War when he was, like, when he was, like, 17. He's told me stories of how he literally just had to sleep in the snow. don't have a blanket or anything, a bed. He's a teenager losing his friends in a war. Or, like, my grandma, she was born in Japan after a Japanese colonization of Korea. Mm-hmm. And she didn't actually live in Korea until she was about like six or seven. Mm. And so, right. Even just from my own family, I'm like, there's so much pain and heartbreak mm-hmm. here. Yeah. You can't just be like, oh, I, I'm a part of this culture now. I'm like, <laughs> right, right. Did your yeah. grandparents go through any of this stuff? Like, no. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Maybe in a different place, but like, you know, you can't just like suddenly claim a culture is yours. Mm-hmm. And so, like, obviously, that's a more extreme example. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, not everyone who's obsessed with, like, K-pop is, like, doing the same thing. But that's where my concern comes in. I'm like, okay, great. You can appreciate this culture from afar. But then I feel like there's a fine line between, like, admiration and then, like, unhealthy obsession. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you said, Ollie London is a very extreme example of that. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of people who are kind of teetering in between yeah. the two because like, yeah, apparently a lot of, there's been a lot of tourism to Korea, which is 
good. But then a lot of people are coming there thinking they'll find a nice Korean man, like in the K dramas, yeah. who like will fall in love with them and be really sweet. And like, right. I teach. I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Tammy, but I teach English on as a yeah, second yeah, language online. Me. Okay, yeah. yeah, I did tell you. Okay, Korea is a really popular place to teach English for mm-hmm. for Americans, especially. And I yeah. feel like a lot of people just go there because like they have this obsession and they just like want to live there and and yeah. like they think they'll live out like some K drama dreams. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's interesting for sure. Yeah. But is there anything about Korean culture that you feel like is not represented in those K dramas and K pop music and all of that that you wish people did know about? I mean, for one thing, as I mentioned earlier, so Japan colonized Korea in like the early twentieth century. I think that 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 was actually only like a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. As I said, like my grandma was born in Japan, and there are still a lot of Korean people who live in Japan from that time period, like from colonization. And so, I think in general, just like more historical context, even with our parents' generation, like my parents will often tell me about how Korea was just such a poor nation, even when they were kids or like in their twenties and thirties. Just the other day, my mom was cutting a watermelon and she was like, oh, yeah, back in the day, we used to eat the rind. And she had never told me that before. I know some cultures do use the rind in cooking. I know like in South Asian culture, they use the whole watermelon, but she had never told me that before. And she was like, yeah, we were just like the whole country was just so poor. Like, yeah, we mm-hmm. ate everything that we could. Or like my dad would be like, yeah, I would like go eat frogs. I would like go yeah. catch frogs and eat the frogs. And so that kind of thing, because now... I think people see Korea as like, oh my god, it's so wonderful there. There are like so many cool things. They have great music and great TV shows and like great skincare. But it's like, we've come so far, right? Mm -hmm. It it wasn't always like a wealthy nation. It wasn't always like unicorns Mm -hmm. and rainbows. Right. Yeah. 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 We come we came from a very poor place. We came from nothing. Mm -hmm. And I wish more people knew that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious about because I know that like kind of piggybacking off. Ran and talking about the K-pop phase and everything. Are you a BTS fan? I'm just. I'm, I'm actually just not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't really question. listen to much K-pop. I prefer okay. like ballads and like slow songs. Okay, cool, um, cool. And I actually didn't really listen to a lot of Korean music as a child. I feel like I grew up more listening to like American like classic rock. Okay. <laughs> Cool. Simon and Garfunkel. Awesome. And <laughs> Enya. I freaking love Enya. Enya. People who shit on Enya, stop. <laughs> She's great. She um, does get some flack. But that was she? just because like, we listened to this one local radio station that played that kind of music in the car okay. all the time. That, like, gotcha. that was just our default. So I like, mostly grew up listening to that. And so to, like nowadays, I just come up come across random recommendations on I use um Apple Music for music streaming. So I just come upon like random recommendations and I'm like, oh this is cool, but it's from like the 1980s. I'm like, why not? Like this is cool. I like yeah. it. So yeah, I'm not like a hardcore K pop okay. BTS fan, but I'm not either. I just was curious because I'm trying yeah. to understand right. the yeah. uh, obsession. Yeah. But um their skin yeah. is flawless, I will yes. say. Like yes. they have beautiful they skin. They really do have flawless <laughs> like I'm very it's jealous. Just I am jealous. <laughs> yeah. I'm so jealous. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it seems like maybe you're you are more into the K dramas. Do you watch K dramas? I do. Yeah, pretty regularly. It's easy to get sucked into them because I feel like well, so I didn't really like them as much when I was a kid because 
they were like super cheesy and like yeah. over the top. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen those like Bollywood clips where it's it like makes no sense? It's like someone punches someone and then they like, fly across like <laughs> right, yeah, a yeah. lake and then they like end up in a suitcase. You know, it's like stuff like that. It's just like so dramatic and cheesy. I was like, this is this is terrible. I'm gonna like go watch MTV or something. Um and then like more recently, I've just been like watching them here and there. And yeah. I've just found that like in general, I feel like production quality is like much better. Yeah. The themes mm-hmm. are like less cheesy and dramatic, kind of more rooted in like reality. So I've definitely been enjoying them a lot more lately. Delving a bit more into the culture, I have a bit of a story. So yeah. as we mentioned, Tammy and I went to a music conservatory. Oh, you didn't you mention that? I know. <laughs> we can cut some parts out. Wait, I, I don't think wanna... I knew that either. <laughs> all right i love it, I love all it. Right. yes well anyway tammy and i were in school and when you when you study vocal performance at a university in the u.s at least at the end of your degree program you have a recital and so obviously we all had recitals tammy had her recital and let me tell you it was so good and after the recitals at our school people would often have receptions where they would serve food for their audience and Tammy's reception was the best reception (laughs) ever because she yeah she and her family served Korean food I had never tried Korean food before and it was so good like I still remember it and I remember you uh served uh you had leftovers the next day and you like texted some of your friends and were like hey you guys want some leftovers and we like ran over to your apartment to eat those leftovers because we were so good. So I'm just telling that story to say that my eyes were open to how great Korean food was because of Tammy. And so Tammy, can you tell us some of your favorite Korean foods and like maybe kind of describe them as well? Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> I love that you remember that and that like holds, Seriously. holds like a special place in your heart. It does. <laughs> Originally, my mom really wanted to make that food herself, but it just mm. ended up being like way too much work. Yeah. Like, yeah. The Korean grocery store out in Baltimore was like half an hour away and like it just would have taken like too much time. And so we ended up just like catering from one of the local restaurants. But um, I'm so glad you loved it. For me... I definitely like, you know, some of the popular dishes, like one called tteokbokki. It's like spicy rice cakes. I think I had that at my reception. They're like usually sort of short and circular rice cakes, and it's in like spicy, in a sort of spicy sauce. Then people will add maybe other things like hard-boiled eggs or like onions. And then kimbap is also, it's kind of like Korean sushi. It's just like sushi rolls. And you can put, like, a variety of things in that, too. It's, like, usually, like, veggies and then maybe, like, some kind of beef. But I also just, like... Oh, I think this is a kind of common in a lot of Asian cultures. But it's, like, hearty stews and soups. Actually, I feel like that's also common in more, like, Caribbean culture as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I really love, like, all kinds of, like, hearty soups. I just finished off one that my mom made. It's, like, a spicy (laughs) beef soup. Um, yeah it's just I mean it's just like so healthy it's like Mm -hmm. a lot of vegetables and like protein um, Mm -hmm. and then usually like you'll have it with rice yeah we have a lot of like beef based soups I also like one called samgetang which is like a chicken chicken soup so yeah I'm all about like the comfort food the things that make you feel warm inside yeah yeah 
So I think we're getting to our like sort of ending questions. So mm-hmm. we've been trying these out. We'll see if we continue with them. But uh, so I, I always ask about one thing you dislike about your family's culture and one thing you really love about your family's culture. So first, can you tell us what's one thing that you maybe dislike a little bit about Korean culture? Yeah, and if you don't feel comfortable answering that, that's yeah. okay too. Yeah. Oh, no, I definitely have <laughs> things I don't <laughs> like. like. I have a list. <laughs> it is not perfect for sure. Um, I think one thing that's really grinds my gears about Korean culture is that people tend to be very prideful. So really put up a front to like create a reputation for themselves or right it's like very elitist in some ways it's like you know i i got into like we have the korean ivy league is kind of like three really big schools so it's like my children got into these schools um or like my children work work at like really big fancy companies like lg or samsung or whatever that's definitely one thing that i really dislike i feel like that is kind of present in a lot of like Asian cultures because I feel like it kind of just like closes people off from each other. Mm-hmm. Like my mom also has some friends who are like annoyingly competitive with each other. I'm just like, what is the point? Mm-hmm. Are you really friends? No. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And then in terms of something that I really like, when I was reading through the questions that you sent me, there was one thing that I was thinking of was, I actually really like the writing system, how the sort of like alphabet works. Korean was very heavily influenced by Chinese, but Chinese is way more complex. Korean mm-hmm. is actually really quite simple. And so I think I'm just like always just kind of fascinated by that and like how it's structured. Kind of nerdy for me to say. <laughs> yeah, no, but no, but it's true. Like, yeah, I've heard someone say that the Korean alphabet is actually quite easy to learn and you can yeah. learn it in like a day. And yeah, and like I said, I, I've seen a lot of videos of people teaching English over there in Korea. And right. that's like their main tip to anyone else who wants to go over there and teach is that like just learn the alphabet. Like if you can't yeah. learn the language, like just at least try and learn the alphabet because you can at least like read things a little bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. And then another thing that we have been doing with everyone a little bit is kind of trying to dispel some stereotypes about your culture. So uh, I've come up with Mythbusters. You still don't like yeah, that name. Yeah, we still don't love that okay, name, but fine. we'll we'll think about it. We're not sure um, if we're sticking with that. <laughs> culture yeah. busters? No. Stereotype <laughs> Mythbusters. Stereotype <laughs> Mythbusters. I just I don't know. I think we could come up with something. We're not sure if we're sticking with that segment. That, okay. Yeah. We're, um, we're trying to find a segment that'll right, be interesting. Yeah, we're we're a work in progress here. <laughs> um, so my I've come up with three main uh, stereotypes that I kind of want to ask you about. So. The first one I think is kind of like a pan-Asian stereotype, but I feel like South Korea is pretty hardcore with it. And that is just like how hard people study and how hard people work Mm. there. Do you feel like even amongst other Asian countries, maybe like Korea is pretty hardcore with their study and work culture? I would say so. I can't say that I know too much about how other Asian cultures operate because I know I'm pretty sure Japan has, like, one of the highest, like, work exhaustion-related deaths. Mm -hmm. Like, people literally working, like, 20 hours a day. And then they, like, collapse on the subway. I have heard On the way home. But for sure, school and studying is, like, very hardcore in Korea. It's not really so much 
because most people go to public schools. Um, private school isn't like a huge thing in Korea. So most people just go through the public school system. And school itself isn't like super hardcore, as in like, you know, they're not like constantly giving out like a ton of homework and whatnot. It's more like the education system at large. So like students go to like tutoring and like extracurriculars after school until often like late at night. They'll be done at like 10 p.m. And then there's actually a great <laughs> recent Korean drama about this, um, <laughs> about the super, super like big time popular math tutor in Korea. He is like part of like this sort of extra, we call them hagwons, which is kind of like after school school. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so he specializes in math. But I think it shows a lot of the reality of like, these moms wake up at like six in the morning to like rush to the line to make sure that their kids are getting signed up. And then because I've never lived there and experienced this myself, this was also like new information to me of like, even if you get in the class, oftentimes there's like 50 kids in this class and it's, it's like lecture based. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kids are just like watching. Um, and so sometimes like you also have to like, make an extra effort so that your kid is sitting in the front of the class so that they can see the whiteboard well. And so that kind of thing, it's like very intense. You'll also see in that show of parents sort of um, doing like illegal things of like trying to get their kids ahead. The example in the show is that like one mom works with like a school administrator to get the exact test. And so she tells her son, practice these problems for your test tomorrow. But it turns out it's, the exact test mm-hmm. and so right like he already knows all the answers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but he didn't know that his mom had done that and so he's like when he finishes the test he's like in shock he's like oh what the heck my mom has like cheated the system mm-hmm. so yeah education is super hardcore but that's not to say that everyone can do that right because it, it's costly right yeah. like these mm-hmm. things are expensive so Again, that's where you kind of see where you're sort of missing his cultural context. It's like not everyone is doing that because not everyone can. Mm-hmm. And then it's also kind of different depending on where you are geographically in Korea. So like that is very intense in like your bigger cities, obviously. Like if you live in a smaller city or kind of out in the boonies, then like you just don't even have access mm-hmm. to those kinds of resources. Yeah, I've I've definitely seen a lot of things about how much stress is on students sometimes and that there's this really big exam at the end of the year that literally the, the whole like country shuts down for basically um, yeah. and then they yeah and like everyone's trying to like cheer on the students for this exam and I think I've actually heard that they recently made it a little bit easier just because they were trying to encourage people to have more kids and they felt like it was actually a deterrent <laughs> I think I heard that about that recently. I, I haven't heard that but that actually kind of makes sense yeah, yeah. The Korean government is trying to help our generation with, like, trying to increase population. But yeah, it's it's rough out here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. And then another uh, stereotype I saw, just like a small one, and really it's kind of like something that, it's again, kind of across East Asians, is that K- Koreans and East Asians in general really love taking selfies. <laughs> Um, is that something that you've noticed, I guess? Definitely, yeah. Like, <laughs> but not everyone. It's, like, the people who are kind of, like, more obsessed with, like, social media. People mm-hmm. who, like, want to become influencers, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Definitely amongst that kind of group, 
I would say. But yeah. I don't think we're all born with selfie sticks out of the womb. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, never been a selfie person myself. Yeah. yeah. And the last stereotype, and probably maybe the last question or so, is about the beauty standards in Korea. Mm. Just that they're very high and that a lot of young girls especially will actually ask their parents for plastic surgery when they're like still in school to kind of yeah. meet those beauty standards. Yeah, is that uh, something that you've heard about? Yeah, I, that's definitely, a, I think, a very true stereotype, unfortunately. People are very ob- obsessed with, like, physical appearance. So, as you said, a lot of even young students will get plastic surgery. It's not always, like, a big thing because, like, Asians are more, more known for monolids. Like, a lot mm-hmm. of people will get, like, double eyelid surgery. That's probably, like, the most common thing. And then I feel like a lot of people get worked on on their noses and then some people try and like enlarge their eyes you can like cut small slits apparently on the like corners of your eyes but yeah it's quite common i would say i definitely have cousins who have gotten (laughs) some plastic surgery done here and there yeah it's very common i've had family members and like family friends tell me i should get plastic oh my gosh (laughs) and a common thing is like oftentimes People will get work done as like a gift. So it's like, oh, you graduated from high school? All right, let's get you some plastic surgery. (laughs) Yeah, it's so weird. I'm like, oh. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I I don't know if that's You're telling me I'm ugly, but I won't be soon. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty pretty crazy to to me, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's really unfortunate. It's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. being a plastic surgeon is definitely like a high profile job in Korea. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. get a lot of respect because, you know, plastic surgery is just so common. And it's just like really sad to see, especially like young people so obsessed with how they look. But the interesting thing, though, is that it's not super like gender specific. It's not really only women who get it done. A lot of men get work done nowadays actually a lot of men get like their eyebrows tattooed i know also a lot of men this isn't plastic plastic surgery but more like um appearance based like a lot of men get like body hair wax Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so it is interesting though that it's not only just like an an obsession amongst women it's kind of everyone also like varying age groups like I've seen, like, older men with their eyebrows tattooed. And that was certainly surprising to me because I've never seen that before. (laughs) Age is just a number. Yeah, (laughs) and I mean, these men have to live up to BTS members. Like, (laughs) even their gorgeous skin. (laughs) So, yeah. All right. Uh, I think that is it for today. I think those are pretty much all of our questions. Alyssa, do you have any final questions? Tammy I don't think so I think we, we covered a lot of material I feel like I, I learned yeah, a yeah lot. we did and, and, yeah. and Tammy thank you so much for just taking the time to speak with us and, and share your side of the story it's, it's always so interesting um to hear just yeah what other people's upbringing is like yeah so we really appreciate that thank you for having me I I'm really glad that I got that text from Brianna I was like this sounds so cool Thank you to Tammy for taking the time to meet with us and share her story as a Korean-American. I think one of my favorite parts in the interview was when we got onto the topic of music and Enya came up. 
I did not see that coming, but it was fabulous. And thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode. We hope you join us for a new show coming out soon. If you like what you hear, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review on your podcast player of choice. As a new podcast, this really helps us out and helps us extend our reach so that others can hear the wonderful interviews from our guests. Thank you for listening in and catch you next time.